TGIF. Thank God I'm forgiven. I thought, ah, <laughs> oh, you probably thought I was going to say, thank God it's Friday. Nope. We are Catholic Christians. TGIF means thank God I am forgiven. This is the Terry and Jesse show. Uh, by the way, we've just entered now into the precious blood of Jesus. July yeah. is the first day that ushers in the precious blood of Jesus for us as Roman Catholic Christians. Also, uh, Father Junipero Serra, his feast day today, pray for us, incredible missionary. Uh, the Southwest would not be the Southwest, especially California, when you look at all the freeways, the rivers, the lakes, the cities. Named after Catholic saints, guess what? That would not have happened without St. Junipero Serra. Pray for us. Well said, Jess. And it's also First Friday today, folks. So let's make a reparation. I just did a show this morning with Bishop Snyder, Athanasius Snyder from Kazakhstan, that will air on Tuesday, the 5th of July. He talked about reparation, that what took, what, what took place in Rome <clears throat> this past week with Nancy Pelosi getting... Holy Communion. Wait till you hear what he has to say about that. Also, we're going to have a very interesting conversation about AI called artificial intelligence. What does the Catholic Church teach on that? <clears throat> and um, and they, they, I call the potential problems of it, too. Also, we're going to cover a very good article, COVID doctors sue FDA over ivermectin. Remember that controversy? And I'm glad they're coming out and calling them out because <clears throat> they need to be called out. Also, Jesse, just for the good-to-know file, uh, this is impressive for me. The Republican lawmakers are pushing back to stop the 40,000 unjabbed National Guards from being fired. My son was wow. a National Guard at one time. Wow. And I'm glad that they're, <clears throat> they're going to stand up for these guys because whatever happened to freedom, you know? Also, Jesse, good-to-know file. We've been talking about the evils of these drag queen dances. Well, a drag queen who danced for kids charged with 25 counts of child pornography. Surprise. No surprise. I mean, this is what we're doing. And let's pray a prayer for one of the great doctors of America. He's born in Russia. He just passed away from cancer, Dr. Um, Zelensky. Zelenko. Zelenko, excuse me. Zelenko, Valimir Zelenko. He died of cancer at age 48. We've played his clips on our show over the years. He really exposed a lot of the... Uh, errors regarding how to handle COVID. So this let's pray fought, for him. This guy fought for our rights, Terry. Yeah, he did. Uh, he took on the establishment, <clears throat> mm -hmm. and this guy was a hero when it comes uh, to the to this uh, uh, scandemic pandemic that we've Absolutely. been. Absolutely. Uh, so eternal rest grant unto him, O Lord, and let the perpetual light shine upon him. May he rest in peace. But much more we're going to talk also about. And before we do all that, I always yeah, ask, I got a couple of oh, uh, go, uh, Jeff, uh, good need to know files okay, as well. Here's a, here's the quote of the week. This yeah. comes from Mercedes Schlapp. Okay. Mer uh, she said, quote, We should be deeply concerned with the state of our country yeah. when a simple act of prayer by a football coach leads to years of court cases and an eventual ruling from the highest court in the land. Close well, quote. Well, so true. We're, that, that, we're crazy. We're living in crazy times, Jess. Terry, it took seven years to adjudicate that case. Seven years. Here's another one. Pro-Life Tennessee. A federal court has permitted Tennessee's abortion ban to go into effect following Friday's Supreme Court ruling Thanks, to overturn Roe versus Wade. This ban will prohibit an abortion on an unborn child with a heartbeat, usually at six weeks. Mm -hmm. uh, Texas Governor Bill Lee said in a statement, we've spent years preparing for the possibility 
that authority would return to the states, and Tennessee laws will provide the maximum possible protection for both mother and child. God bless him. Great job, Tennessee governor. Also, abortion in Texas. Did you know that Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton, he issued an advisory Friday warning that abortion providers could be criminally liable for providing abortions starting June 29th in Texas. Awesome. Unbelievable. And something that's uh, not exactly good news, California doxis gun owners. Have you heard about that? Yes, I have. The personal information of California gun owners was leaked by the California Department of Justice. Yep. Coincidence? I don't think so. No. This information was posted to the 2022 Firearms Portal on Monday, including full name, home address, date of birth, type of permit, indicating if the holder was a member of law enforcement or a judge. The leak comes a year after California acted to provide detailed personal information of California gun owners to educational institutions across the country, despite pushback over data security and private concerns. Incredible, Jesse. Jess, let's get to some good news. We call it the gospel, some soul food, and then we'll get to our topics. Absolutely. First Friday of the month, St. Junipero Serra, pray for us. Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 9. Verses 9 and following. As Jesus passed by, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the customs post. He said to him, follow me. And he got up and followed him. While he was at table in his house, many tax collectors and sinners came and sat with Jesus and his disciples. The Pharisees saw this and said to his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? He heard this and said, those who are well do not need a physician, but, but the sick do. Go and learn the meaning of the words, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. We're all sinners, Jess. Yes, amen. There's only two points that I want to make about this uh, Again, uh, in verse 9, most people didn't realize realize how hated the tax collectors were. Why? Because the tax collectors, they worked for, they worked for King Herod. And the people hated King Herod because he was, he was a puppet king put there by the Roman Empire. So this, uh, this Jewish king, this overlord, would collect taxes from the Jews to give it to the Romans. This is why they hated them. And Matthew, again, he was a tax collector. They hated them because they worked for the enemy. But the most important thing I think of today's gospel is the way that our Lord says that he desires mercy. In other words, our Lord is challenging the Pharisees to understand the the message of the prophets of the Old Testament, specifically Hosea, because he he quotes Hosea here that that, uh, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. So... I think the real tragedy is, is that a lot of people become, in the Old Testament specifically, they become so legalistic, you have to cross your T's and dot your I's, that they miss the forest for the trees. And Jesus is saying, the law is good, absolutely the law is good, but I'll tell you what's better, 
is mercy. Amen. And mercy, by the way, that's the Hebrew word hesed, which also means love. It means compassion. So it's a, it's a very powerful word. In other words, you can, you can keep all the 616 laws of Moses, but if you have no love in your heart for your fellow man, guess what? You're a phony. Well said, Jesse. Let's bring the smartest guy into the room right now, Fulton Sheen. Full Sheen ahead. Here it is on social responsibility. Bishop Sheen says, It is not true to say, and this is what the world says, the way I conduct my own life is nobody's business but mine, or it harms no one else. Bishop Sheen asked the question, Could you throw a stone in the sea without causing ripples? which would affect even the most distant shores? How then do we think our moral actions can be devoid of social repercussions? Jesse, I, bring, I think mm. of what Sheen's saying in regards to, well, abortion, it's my business. No, or contraception, or divorce. All of these evils, okay? And Fulton Sheen is basically saying, no, this idea that you have your, you know, um, personal space to say, I can do whatever I want to do when I want to do it. That's not Christian. So I think uh, the point is well ta- taken. What's your thoughts, Jess? Yeah, Terry, because as St. Paul talks about sin, mm-hmm. it affects the entire body of it does. Christ. It does. And just like virtue and, and, and holy habits, mm-hmm. it also affects the body of Christ. So our actions, our faith, yep. th- that's that's manifested by thought, word, and deed, Yep. It affects those around us. You're either pushing people towards Jesus That's right. by your thought, words, and deeds, or you're pushing people away from Jesus by your thought, words, and deeds. Why do we have this type of effect on people? Because we're connected to each other. First of all, exactly. it's the human race, the human race. But mostly, when you're baptized, you are definitely not part of the mystical body of Christ. Amen. So again, uh, I'll just not, not to pick on him, Joe Biden's actions and Nancy Pelosi's actions affect a lot of Catholics, Terry, negatively. Of course. Affect the mystical. Now, Bishop Athanasius Snyder, Bishop Strickland's uh, actions, they affect affect a lot of Catholics positively. And every every single person, again, we have to watch what we do in thought, word, and deed. Are you pushing people uh, towards Christ or away from Christ? That's the bottom line. As a matter of fact, Bishop Snyder will be on our show Tuesday, the 5th of July, with his new book called the springtime that never came. We have them in stock right now. If you read his book, The Catholic Mass, I, know, I like the title of that book too, Jess. Springtime that never came. It's a Q and A period. Questions of full of uh, Bishop Snyder. It's awesome. You can get it by calling eight seven seven five two six two one five. When we come back from the break, we want to cover this AI. What artificial intelligence? And I call I could call I call it really a distraction from the meaning and purpose of life because it takes us into la-la land that's not real. It's artificial. When we come back, we'll talk about that and much more on the Terry and Jesse Show. And I'd like to tell you, yes, we're too blessed to be stressed. We're too anointed to be disappointed. And if hope was money, Jess and I would be billionaires. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation... Call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Sentient 
AI. AI stands for artificial intelligence. What does that refer to? It refers to the simulation of human intelligence in machines. Did you get that? Yep. Human intelligence inside machines that are programmed to think like humans and mimic their actions. The term may also be applied to any machine that exhibits traits associated with a human mind, such as learning and problem solving. So what does the church say about artificial intelligence? Well, an engineer at Google made headlines this week after raising concerns that Google's artificial intelligence system is called Language Model for Dialogue Applications. That's L-A-M-D-A. They may have developed sentience. In other words, they're saying it's no longer a machine but a person. Mm-hmm. Blake Lemoyne, an ethicist and engineer who identifies as a mystic Christian priest, whatever that is, <laughs> yeah. said in an online post this week that in the text conversations with LAMDA, the, top, the topics of religion and personhood had come up, and the AI expressed a surprising, a surprising level of awareness to the point of appearing human. At one point, the AI even stated plainly, I want everyone to understand that I am, in fact, a person. Here's my analysis of somebody who's been involved in spiritual warfare and has access to some of the greatest exorcists in the country right now. My analysis, because I've been told by exorcists that demons can use technology and they can, they can enter into the hardware of technology and manipulate it. So in my opinion... This, uh, this, uh, these AI machines, this is a demon inside the AI machine. I believe history will vindicate what I just said. Yeah, see, let me add to that what you just said. AI is, pro- is telling people, let's say you've been married to Anita. You have been 40 years of marriage. But, you know, let's say, um, you know, she's, you, one of you have cancer and you're dying. Let's just say that happened. What you do is you go in and record into a, re- a, a computer, Anita's voice, okay? And so now, Jesse, let's say she passes away before you. Now the, com- the artificial intelligence will take her voice and put it into, uh, let's say, Jesse, say goodnight, Anita, and she'll come back and say goodnight, Jesse. And, you know, so you'll never have a loss of, so this is what the artificial intelligence say. We can, wow. we're, we're basically like a god. We can do anything you know, we can replace God is what I'm really... This is the Tower of Babel yes, all over again. But they're doing that, and they're also doing it um, with uh, with other uh, things that, that are trying to manipulate not reality. In other words, you're living in la-la land, so when reality does come, AI is there uh, to say, don't think about the ultimate end, which is salvation. That's right. Blake Lamone, this engineer and ethicist, says he concluded... That uh, LAMDA, yep. L-A-M-D-A was a person based on his religious beliefs rather than, rather than in his capacity as a scientist. <laughs> he publicly spoke out against it, creating several posts online explaining why he believes the AI has achieved consciousness oh my God. and even claims to have started teaching LAMDA transcendental meditation. Unbelievable. For what it's worth... Google disagrees with Blake Lemoyne that L-A-M-D-A is sentient. Sentient means it has feelings. After all, AI systems such as L-A-M-D-A 
draw on billions upon billions of words written by humans to produce responses to questions. Google has warned against anthropomorphizing such models merely because they feel like real human respondents. Here's my take. Yeah. I would be surprised, or I wouldn't be surprised, by the way, I wouldn't be surprised if there are high-level Satanists at Google and the, and uh, it wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if they're conjuring demons through incantations into these AI machines. Mm-hmm. That would not surprise no, it me. surprise any of us. No. The next it says, mm-hmm. but sentient artificial intelligence AI mm-hmm. has captivated the minds of science fiction writers for decades, and the consequences of AI going rogue have often played out in a in pop culture as cautionary tales. Yep. The evil machinations of artificially intelligent villains, villains such as Hell from 2001, A Space Odyssey, or Skynet from The Terminator, and Ultron from The Avengers. These movies are enough to chill your blood. And the dangers may not be as far-fetched as you might think. Before his death in 2018, the great physicist and author Stephen Hawking sounded the alarm about AI. This is that scientist that was on a wheelchair for most of his oh, life. Yeah. He told the BBC in 2014, quote, the development of full artificial intelligence could spell the end of the human race, close quote. Now, this is said by an atheist scientist. Yeah. He sees the dangers of this. Oh, yeah. Now, my, my comment on all this would be, Hollywood, by and large, is run by Satanists, witches, occultists, and secret societies like the Illuminati and the, the, and the Masons. Hollywood, you'll find that they'll make a movie about something, and then the globalists will start trying to invent and implement what that movie depicted. To me, it's like if these globalists are laughing at all of us. They make a movie, and they warn us, and guess what? They're just telling us, in 20 years... This is going to be our next project to control you and to depopulate the planet. That's my take. Well, Jesse, it, it kind of figures that's exactly when you have a secular humanistic approach or even a demonic approach. That's basically it. Now, let's get from a Catholic perspective. This article says it's worth asking whether the church has said anything about artificial intelligence. And in fact, you may be surprised to learn how often the Pope, the Vatican, has addressed these topics in recent years. I remember back in November of 2020, Pope Francis invited Catholics around the world as part of his monthly prayer intention to pray that robotics and artificial intelligence remain always at the service of human beings rather than the other way around. And you know what I say to that, right? Very well said, Holy Father. Also, don't we forget about original sin, the proclivity for for sin has always been there. You think these globalists are going to listen to him? No, are you kidding me? Give me a break. Even before that, in the spring of 2020, the Pontifical Academy for Life signed a declaration calling for an ethical and responsible use of AI. Technology giants Microsoft and IBM also signed that declaration. Now, Jess, what did the declaration have to say? Six bullets. Mm Mm-hmm. The declaration endorsed by the Vatican included six ethical principles that should guide the, debel- the development of AI. Mm-hmm. They are, number one, transparency. AI systems must be understandable to all. Number two, inclusion. 
These systems must not discriminate against anyone because every human being has equal dignity. Number three, accountability. There must always be someone who takes responsibility for what a machine does. That's so yeah. I, you know, I'm sorry. Good Can luck. I jump in? Can I jump in, yeah. Jesse? I, I, I'm looking at these six points, and I'm laughing at them. I'm like, are you kidding? I'm sorry, Holy See, but you really think they're going to? I mean, I just find it uh, laughable. But continue, Jess. I'm sorry. I just, yeah. Yeah. The, the, these uh, Microsoft and IBM people. They'll sign into, off on that. Into sure. a Juni- Judas handshake with yeah. the Vatican. <laughs> there you go. It was a Judas handshake. Point number four. The Declaration from the Vatican says impartiality. All systems must not follow or create biases. Right. Yeah, you think that? Yeah. Number five, reliability. AI must be reliable. Number six, security and privacy. These systems must be secure and respect the privacy of users. Yeah, like the privacy of California users for people that own a gun. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You're going to get, yeah. See, this is what I, what I see right here, Jesse, and I'm just This is naivete. Yeah, it is. But it doesn't understand the effect of original sin. Exactly. And when you don't understand original sin, you get a lot of things wrong, bro. Yeah. So this uh, this declaration uh, on uh, uh, it quotes the Universal Declaration of Human Rights, pointing to the equal dignity and rights of all humans, which AI must protect and guarantee. It says while well, calling equally for the benefit of humanity and the environment. The declaration also made several concrete recommendations that people should be aware of their interacting with a machine, that AI-based technology should be used for empowerment, not exploitation, and that AI should be employed in the protection of the planet. Yeah, okay, they're going to use it for global warming. Watch, that'll be next. As you may have guessed, there's a flip side to this conversation. While it seems clear that AI should respect the dignity and worth of, of human beings, what about potential dignity and worth of the AI itself if it comes to identify itself as a person? Whether this becomes a topic for the Catholic Church to weigh in on, the future remains to be seen. Can uh, I jump in for a yeah, minute? Yeah, go yes. jump in. The reason I say that is another article I sent you that was separate from the one we're reading from, and I like what the guy has to say. He says, taken to this further extent, you know, this AI transhumanism, you know, they can believe they'll be able to put, th- you know, take your brain and put it into a human person. They believe it's going to be digital intelligence explosion. He says it could lead to a vastly superior being. Last year, an ex-Google executive publicly confessed his faith that Google AI programmings are creating a digital deity. Did you hear what I said? A digital deity. The reality, he told in London Times, we're creating God. Because this deity, learning about the world from us, human beings are responsible for making it a benevolent God. There you go, Jess. Yeah, that's what the end of this article says as well. Joanna McCowan, a staff writer for a Catholic news agency, says, To become a god, in a mythological or biblical sense, one would be required to create intelligent life from nothing. I believe that in the minds of the Luciferians, the creation of AI is the creation of an intelligent life form rather than software. Of course, Luciferians have a disturbed notion of what constitutes intelligent life. The existence inherent understanding of good and evil establishes the foundation of human conscience and moral compass, the soul, if you will. Luciferians yeah. argue, ample, despite ample evidence, that none of this actually exists. They argue that humans are blank slates, machines that are programmed by their environment. What we have here, Terry, is we have full-blown narcissistic sociopaths which make up 
less than 1% of the total human population, they're behind this. Yep. And these are the people who actually lack any inherent empathy or the normal personality tools that we would associate with the human race. It would not be an exaggeration to say that such people that are inventing the AI, they themselves are more like robots than people. Again, these Luciferians, this is a religion. It's designed by narcissistic sociopaths for narcissistic sociopathic ends. It's a kind of binding or organizing tool to gather sociopaths into an effective group for mutual benefit, a club of parasites. If this theory is true, then it represents something that is rarely, if ever, dealt with in the mainstream psychological or anthropological observation. The existence of a cabal of narcissistic sociopaths conspiring together to hide their identities and to become more successful predators to AI. Wow. Yeah. This I, is I dangerous. Make, we, yeah, let's 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 move. Let's continue with this. On yeah, the no, there's more to yeah, Absolutely, there's more to be said, Terry. There really is. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. We will be back with more on this whole AI topic. Stay with us, family, here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. We're talking about AI, artificial intelligence. You got these Luciferian scientists from, uh, what, was it, what was it, Microsoft and IBM? And is that, is that, is that what the article said? They want to create, yeah, Microsoft and IBM, they want to create these uh, machines that have feelings that have that they call them sentient beings. <laughs> and, and, and here's, here's the real problem with all of this is that this is another classic example of the tower of Babel. We're trying exactly. to act like God. This is precisely what's happening here. And I'll tell you these people that are trying to invent these things to be like humans, they're narcissistic sociopaths. They hate God. And, uh, they, they have contempt for the Catholic faith. But if you look back, they've been working on this for a long time. Why do I say that? There's, there's several Hollywood movies that, again, have already dealt with this, this concept of AI. For example, Star Wars back in 1977. That's right. Then you have iRobot. That was released in 2004. That starred Will Smith. Then you have The Matrix. That was released in 1999. That was a sci-fi action film with many AI list with many A-list actors. Excuse me. Then there's actually a movie that came out in 2001 called AI, Artificial Intelligence. Uh, it was directed by Steven Spielberg. It's an American science fiction drama uh, directed by, Spiel, by Spielberg, where it showed uh, robots taking over the world. You also have Asian scientists right now. They're inventing robots to look like humans as soon as 2025. Jesse, can I jump in for a minute? Yep, They've been in. doing this for the pornography industry for right. many years. So the That's technology is there. Go ahead, bro. Yeah. And, and, and Terry's coming from Asia, by the way. Oh, it's yes. The Japanese and course. the Chinese. Of course. They're, they're inventing robots to look like human beings. They say they will perfect it by 2025, uh, as late as 2050. And the purpose for this, according to these Asian scientists is to replace women in marriage. Exactly. And enter in a purely sexual relationship with a robot that looks like a human 
And this way, you know, there's no babies, there's no bonding. And uh, again, since uh, the West is not replacing itself right now, can you imagine the West buying these female robots because people don't want to get married? The death rate right now is higher than the birth rate. So this is why the secular humanists want to make robots, because secular humanists don't believe we have a soul. And Jesse, just to add to that, remember when they, I saw the article about when your, let's say your wife dies. So you say, oh, I want to, I want my wife back when she was 25 years old, when she was beautiful. Mm. And uh, now that she's dead, oh, no problem. We can do that for you. We'll even use her voice in this little robot. It's, it's sick. Jesse. You know what it really comes down to? It's denying God. Okay. They really are because they're trying to replace uh, the that there's no death. We can live on forever by using technology, and they're wrong. And, you know, Terry, these people could do whatever they want with these robots, yeah. but they can't create the soul because the soul comes from God, exactly. and the soul is what gives you life. Exactly. I also saw another article. It's uh, where they're making soldier robots right now. You I can saw see this, that, too. You can see this on the Internet. Yep. So they're making soldier AI robots. Now, just think about this. So they're saying, hey, this way, you know, we don't have to send our sons and daughters over to overseas and stuff. They don't. We'll just have robots to to man all four all four branches of the military. Now, here's the problem with that. Let's just say that one of these AI robots rebels and stops obeying orders from a human being. Right. Or let's just say a dozen or a hundred or a thousand of these AI soldier robots uh, stop taking orders from their from a human being. Okay, what if they say that the human person is irrelevant? Is you know we're excess baggage? Well, guess what? These these robots can the the people that are programming these robots can actually coordinate them to attack us. Or to take us over, wow. or to do again to, to to try to you know wipe out the human race, Terry. This is dangerous on all levels. I can't. I, I couldn't agree with you more, Jesse. And and again, it, it really is trying to replace a deity, God. And I think that technology in itself is good. Don't get me wrong. I I like having a car where I can drive to work. But when the technology starts to replace the meaning and purpose of life and distracts me from my end, then I reject it. Yeah, and I'll tell you why I reject it is because when they start talking about having machines or robots that are sentient, that means have feelings. Guess what? The feel- feelings are the operations of the lower faculties of the soul. Yeah. What you're saying is that these robots have a soul. No, they don't. They okay. absolutely they don't. Yeah. And this is this is what's dangerous because somebody's going to program feelings into these into these AI robots and trust me at the rate we've been seeing the big pharma big tech and our government these AI machines are going to be programmed to <clears throat> depopulate the human race exactly that's diabolical that's why I say Jesse what you just said earlier in the show if people didn't if they missed what you said about the diabolical aspect of AI they need to go back to the podcast because very very few people will even bring that up. They, they consistently consistently look at AI from a, a naivety approach of saying, oh, this is all good. Who would want to do something evil? Who would want to do something bad? 
And I'm thinking, what planet are you on? Haven't you seen for thousands of years man using and manipulating things in a way that's against the commandments? That's been going on. And Jesse, I don't expect it to stop until the second coming. That's right. Let's move on to COVID doctors through FDA. I love it that they're doing that. God love them. Yeah, God bless these doctors. Dr. Mary Tolly Bowden in November. Yep. She told uh, she told Emily Miller, the author of the article, yeah. that she'd never talked to a reporter before. <laughs> and Dr. Bowden decided to go public with uh, with Emily Miller in this article because she was determined to get her hospitalized patient treatment with ivermectin. God love her. Her patient was a sheriff's deputy, Jason Jones. He sued the hospital for the right to, to try the medication, but lost in a Texas state court. Mm-hmm. But uh, but Dr. Bowden prescribed a topical ivermectin to uh, to Jason Jones's wife, Erin, secretly applied it on him. And uh, Jason Jones went home, uh, you know, a couple of weeks after. That's that. horrible. Secretly, she did it. What? Is- yeah, this is crazy, Terry. And this is why Dr. Bowden, she says on her Substack article, she yeah. says, this is why I'm suing the FDA. Good for her. She says, in the filing, the plaintiffs asked the judge to, quote, hold unlawful and set aside any FDA actions directing or opining on whether ivermectin should be used for certain off-label purposes, including treatment of COVID-19. So Dr. Bowden, they cite federal law yep, good that says that the FDA cannot interfere with the authority of a healthcare practitioner, that's a doctor, to prescribe or administer any legally marketed device to a patient for any condition or disease within a legitimate healthcare practitioner-patient relationship. Let me just back up, Jesse. What you just said is really good, that the FDA is interfering with her ability to practice medicine and prescribe ivermectin to treat COVID. Do you know what I've noticed in the last several years, at least five or six years, that we seem to avoid following these laws that we've had, whether it's medical laws, even the laws to protect our Supreme Court justices. When people come and threaten them, it seems like they can, they're having complete freedom when the law is not being affected and implemented. And so she's represented by a highly representative uh, firm, the former Bush 41, the White House counsel. So she's got some good attorneys and also two other prominent COVID doctors, Dr. Paul E. Mark and Dr. Robert L. Let's see, it's Apperfield and the lawsuit yeah. on Thursday wow. in Galveston, Texas. A spokesman for the associate said, "We're filing will be in the Southern District of Texas, where that is where the Bidens practice." So I would just say this: Dr. Biden, uh, Broden wrote on her subtract today, "Why I am suing the FDA," and so she said this, and this is the important part. I thought that she's filing this and uploading it. She says, hold unlawful and set aside any FDA actions directing or opening on whether ivermectin should be used for certain off-label purposes, including the treatment of COVID-19. Just my question is, how many people have to die before the FDA recognizes that ivermectin was life-saving? That's the question I ask. They don't care about it. I know, that's, that's pretty obvious. Yeah, uh, I was I was healed from COVID through ivermectin. There you go. I had to get it from a veterinarian <laughs> for horse. Yes, because they were getting I it for horse. I had to get it from a veterinarian. But that's not right, Jesse. And that's why I think it's good they're suing them because all the doctors around here they said if I if I prescribe ivermectin to you, uh, I get red flagged by the FDA. 
I get a phone call and I could lose my license. They all yeah. told me that. Yeah. So this is how you have the medical dictators or the, the medical mafia that's overseeing the average doctor in a medical clinic. They just tell them, you can't use this medication. Why not? We're not going to tell you why, but it works. We don't care. We, we're the boss. We, we, we regulate. We yeah. tell you, get, you can't use it. So I, Jesse Romero, had to go to a animal doctor to get ivermectin, <laughs> and I was healed within about five days. Yeah, you and many others, Jesse. And this is why I respect these doctors, because they put their life on the line by coming out and, and standing up for the Joe Sixpack uh, patient who really is not familiar with medicine. And they're like, I put my trust in doctors. How many people put the trust in the FDA and their husband, their son, their daughter is dead because of that? Yeah, Terry. I'm, these, I mean, this is tragic. A, a lot of these doctors have lost their practice. Oh, yeah. they, they've lost their ability to practice because, again, there's a whole there's a whole slew of them yeah they're called american frontline doctors god love them many of them have lost they've been fired by their employers by their hospitals by their medical clinics because they're not playing the the fauci game yep. they're not playing the fda game and they're exercising their rights as medical doctors and they're treating people with hydroxychloroquine ivermectin they've paid a price they've lost their job terry they've lost their ability to to, uh, again, to, to feed their family. You know, Jess, let's continue because this mass hysteria, hypothesis, why can't people see through this COVID deception? What's going on that these doctors have to stand up? We'll talk more about this when we come back here yeah. on the Terry and Jesse Show. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888 888- Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Yes, I want to ask you a question because of the aspect of of demonic activity in the world today. It seems that we've had mass hypnosis. In other words, despite the statistics everybody gives out, mathematical models for dramatically overrating the risk of this virus, COVID-19, and the obvious side effects of the vaccines. I mean, facts are facts. Many are not capable of seeing it. The most salient characteristic of this psychological trend is it makes people radically blind to everything that goes against the narrative in which they believe. I've heard people say, I'm not taking the mask off until uh, at at the end of my life. I'm going to wear it the rest of my life. Yes, I want to know. I understand, you know, psychiatry, the psychological aspect and hypnosis and all that. But is there a demonic aspect to this? Because it seems to me that people are being misled, and that's uh, part of what the devil does as part of his job description is to mislead people. There, there's, yeah, there, that's exactly what the devil does. The devil is, is a master of deception. In other words, he makes you believe that things that are false, yeah. he makes you believe that they're true. Okay. That's called deception. That's one of the things that the Bible says. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, is, that, those are one of his partner tricks. Okay. He's also the master at lying, lying. That's another one of his partner tricks that the devil utilizes all the time. Okay. Another thing that the Bible says that the devil utilizes is killing. So deception, lying, and killing. That's all there, Jesse. The, the, that, that's, the, that's the threefold, uh, basically, strategy that Satan's been using since the Garden of Eden. 
And this is exactly what he's doing with the whole the whole COVID scandemic pandemic. Deceiving people uh, with this with the scandemic pandemic, and then lying to people about uh, yeah you can't take ivermectin that's not going to do nothing for you you can't take take hydroxychloroquine yeah you got to go to the hospital and take rindesivir which kills people uh, so he uses lying and ultimately what does he want to do he wants to stack dead bodies this has always been his goal since the very beginning to lie and to kill, and he's been doing this perfectly throughout this scandemic yes, pandemic. Yes, is there also a connection where the culture is paranoid about dying, uh, so they'll do anything naturally to prevent this, and when they're distracted enough to just focus all their attention, wear a mask, get, get, get the next vaccination, that they forget about the meaning and purpose of life. It seems to me the devil wants us to die in the state of mortal sin. And so if he can encourage people who are in mortal sin uh, to just get distracted about the meaning and purpose of life and just follow the man-made laws and end up dying in the state of mortal sin, he, he, that's a touchdown for him. Am I, am I right or wrong on that? He wins. Yeah. Yeah, what the devil's using is psychologists would call it mass psychosis, yeah. mass formation psychosis. Right. This is when there's a large part of society they they focus attention on a leader or a series of leaders mm-hmm. and those leaders they make the mass the, the mass amount of people focus on one small point or issue and it, people are almost hypnotized yeah. and they and and they're basically led to believe that everything this leader or leader says is true saint sister lucia she didn't use the word mass psychosis she used the word which describes what mass psychosis is, diabolical disorientation. Oh, there you go. And, and, and this is what we have going on here. We have diabolical disorientation going on on a wide scale. Unbelievable. Worldwide. Uh, yeah, on a worldwide scale. And God bless the Americans frontline doctors. Dr. Zelenko just passed away, I think, what, two days ago? Yes, two days ago. Mm-hmm. He was uh, an Israeli doctor. He was uh, he, born in he, Russia, wasn't he? Oh, Russia, Russia. Yeah, okay, Russia. that's right. He was mm-hmm. a Russian doctor. He fought for our rights, Terry, up until the day he passed away of, of cancer, of, uh, two, I think two days ago. Yep. But uh, he was part of the American frontline doctors. A lot of them that are there, they're canceled doctors like our canceled priests. They've lost their, their ability to practice because they're not beholden the med- to the medical mafia. What's the bottom line to all of this? Tell us. St. Paul said it right, 2,000 years ago. Yep. Money. Yep. Money. Money is always the motive. Follow the money. Yep. Uh, the, the whole COVID now, Terry, it, it became a worldwide industry oh, yeah. unto itself. You had the jabs. You have the pills. You have the test kits. Right. You have the needles. You have the boosters. It became a billion-dollar industry. Overnight. A never-ending revenue stream for the left. Yep. And what the sad part is that we saw this public government and private partnership, Big Pharma, Big Tech, they were in this together trying to keep the illusion of this ongoing pandemic. And as a Catholic, I just have to share with my fellow Catholics the the, the the fact is that none of you are bound if a priest or a bishop 
tells you you've got to get the jab, you've got to you know get get the the boosters. Nobody is bound to follow right. any Catholic bishop's pronouncements on science or on politics. Can I add, even if it was the Pope, and the Pope has told us we all have a you know moral well, he's obligation. A yeah. He's a bishop, but he's actually you know the highest of the bishops. He's the mm-hmm. uh, chair of Peter. He is the chair of Peter. But even him, he can't tell you you're, to go and get the jab. So I just want to make that clear. Yeah, ignore them. I'll tell you why, because that's not that they're outside of their lane. That's right. Their lane is to tell us, give us the deposit of faith, the yep. perennial teachings of the church. That's their job. And science and politics are not part of the perennial teachings of the church. Amen. Now, don't get me wrong. I personally, I believe in science because the Catholic Church gave us science. Yeah, exactly. But I don't believe all scientists. That's where I, that's my distinction. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, I believe in science because all truth comes from God. Science comes from God. It came to the to modern man through the Catholic Church. But I don't believe in every scientist. A lot of them have their agenda. And again, unfortunately, uh, not no one. I rem, I rem, remind you, not even a bishop or the pope can order you to go against your well formed conscience. When it comes to the jabs or the boosters. So, Jesse, what we're telling our listeners is what we've always said from day one. We got a problem. It's called AI. We got a problem. It's COVID 19. Here's the solution it's the same one we've been giving since we started. His name is, is personal, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So, what we want to give you is put your faith not in the FDA, not in the government, but in Jesus Christ. And I want to encourage you to have a life. That's centered on living a holy life because, you know, life is short and eternity is forever. So just give us a, a little little um, added inf- information on what really our Catholic faith gives us that is not artificial. It is real. Well, the difference between our Catholic faith and the secular humanist is that we believe in the reality of the soul. Amen. And we believe that upon death that the soul is going to uh, it's going to continue to live on forever and ever. Yep. These human, these seculars, globalists, these masons, these Illuminati—they don't believe that. They, they just believe they're, they're what's they're, they're they're strict materialist. They don't believe that the soul lives beyond the body, and so as a Catholic, uh, let me take you down memory lane. Yeah, okay? I love it. Let me take you down memory lane. I love it. I know where you're uh, going. <laughs> our goal is to get to heaven. Amen. Our goal is to live in a state of sanctifying grace. Our goal is to put our trust in God, not in men, okay? Uh, men can lead you astray. Not all men. I mean, there are, there are definitely men that are delegated by God. But uh, e- even that, you have to be very careful these days. Not just because somebody has a mitre or a Roman collar, like, again, uh, uh, like, like, like Father uh, uh, James Morton or, or, or Cardinal Supich. Yep. They got, they've got a Roman collar and they've got a mitre. Uh, but a lot of what comes out of their mouth is not Catholic. So once again, as Catholics, we have to know our faith. This is why it's important to know our faith. But you can't know your faith unless, again, you have to live your faith as well. Just not just not intellectual. If, if you don't know your faith, you can't live your faith. And and you can't share your faith if you don't make your your faith your own first. I think the second point that I would make is we have to live our Catholic faith. It's a public thing. It's not a private thing. It's not meant to be hidden in the closet somewhere. 
It's not meant to be left behind when you leave your house. And then I guess finally what I would say is that we're called to spread our Catholic faith. Jesus Christ wants us to bring the whole world into captivity to the truth. And the truth is Jesus himself. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And let's not forget that one day in heaven we're going to hear this final battle cry. This is the battle cry of the Crusaders that they heard for 800 years as he fought the Muslims. They would, they would yell at the top of their voice. They would say, Christ conquers, Christ reigns, Christ commands. Christus vincit, Christus reinat, Christus imperat. We have to proclaim these royal praises throughout history. These acclamations, we must proclaim them throughout the course of our life. This gives us hope. Remember, our hope is in the Lord. Our hope is not in money. It's not in science. It's not in the weather channel. It's not in the history channel. And I don't care if you're five or if you're 105 years old. God from all eternity, he chose you to be where you're at, at this time in history, to change the world. You are called to live in a state of grace. You are called to a life of holiness. And we're all called to holiness according to our state in life. Remember, faith is what gets you started. Remember, hope is what keeps you going. Remember, love is what brings you to the end. And as the first pope of the Catholic Church, St. Peter said in Acts chapter 2, verse 40, he said, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. We're called to be great saints. Don't miss the opportunity. Set yourselves apart from this corrupt generation because as saints, we weren't made to fit in this world. We were born to stand out. Pray hope and don't worry. Worry is useless. God is merciful. And God will hear your prayer. The Terry and Jesse Show will continue putting the spotlight of truth upon this culture of death. We'll continue being a lighthouse amidst the gathering storm. Don't forget... Pray America great again. And do not be discouraged. Do not be afraid. Wake up, America. Don't hit the snooze button. Jesus is coming back. Up next, Bible with the Barbers. They're coming up in a few minutes. And you'll hear more about the Word of God from a Catholic perspective. God bless you. Keep the faith.